everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, brought to you by Science Technologies. We interview outbound leaders at fast growth businesses to learn their secrets and bring you actionable insights. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enterprise Sales Development. I'm your host, Eric Wanstrom, the CMO at Science. In today's episode, we had a real treat. We got to speak to Matt Doyen, who is the president and CEO of Triple Session. In fact, do not waste any time. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go to triplesession.com if you're in sales and start using their app because it's a fundamentally interesting spin on sales learning. And that's what we get into in today's episode. Matt has over two and a half decades of sales experience, including some notable stops as um, chief revenue officer over at Rock Content, uh, was with HubSpot for a, a number of years, and all that prior to founding Triple Session, we get into some really fun stories around how people learn, um, what's important as far as, you know, kind of like comparing daily learning to dentistry. Listen for that one. That's a fun story. Um, Matt also shares his time in the ring with the, uh, <laughs> with the fighter um, from the movie, The Fighter you know, uh, Irish Mickey Ward. So just chock full of fun stories. In fact, Matt even goes into great detail um, and I won't spoil this, but he's got a great grandma story for you as well. So it's all that. It's us talking about stoicism and how they built that into the app, uh, sales techniques and psychology and all host of fun stuff. So without further ado, you can tell how excited I am about this interview. Without further ado, here is Matt Doyen. And we're on with Matt Doyen. Matt, you have been in the sales space now for, I mean, dates self uh, badly, but quarter of a century um, or so. Yeah, that goes by fast when you say it like that. Where did the where did the time go? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. So you know, yeah. we're we're a few like grizzled vets, if yeah, you will. Started, yeah, one score in five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> one score. I love that. That's right. The Abraham Lincolning of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the STR profession. Um, maybe you can, we can start though with, with your latest adventure. You're the CEO of Triple Session and that's right. an organization really dedicated to helping uh, sales professionals learn, helping them grow, helping them self-develop. And I think your focus is really on the sales development rep um, or the BDR, depending on one's acronym of choice. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, Triple Session. Well, the origin story goes back. It depends on how far back you want to go. The most recent one, we can keep going back further, but the most recent beginnings of it were, I was leading a sales team at a MarTech SaaS business called Rock Content for eight years, the last eight years. Great name, by the way. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when the pandemic hit, I had both sales and actually CS. I was the CRO at that point. Had about 60 people in the sales organization, another 60 in customer success. We had it as part of our ethos that training, coaching, skill development was just ingrained in the culture from day one. And we did a lot of that in-house. We were very hands-on in office. And then like a switch, we were all just home, like all of us know. The, you know, the, the world changed overnight. And 
I couldn't lose the momentum of supporting the team and helping with that career growth and keeping that culture and that momentum. And we just got a lot of business return out of it, obviously, where you invest in your people and that skill building, you're going to get the return on that from not only revenue, but loyalty, uh, your team staying on board, low turnover. There's tons of benefits to it. Yeah. Anyway, pan- pandemic hit and I scrambled to try to find a solution where it would really meet my people where they needed to be, not just not just with the ongoing learning and training, but doing it in a way that was really engaging, made them want to come back, want to keep learning. So I was looking in the market for LMS tools initially, had no inkling of building something, just figured I'd buy a software, plug it in, we'd have something on demand to have Teams access and put our portfolio of content in there and away we go. And I was really underwhelmed by what I saw in the market where it was very top down, very much built for the manager. And I talked to a lot of my colleagues that were using a lot of software and over and over again, I heard the same thing where they had the best intention of buying an LMS tool. They'd set it up. They'd invest a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources in getting everything just right, launch it to the team and nobody would use it. Adoption was really, really low. And I didn't want to go down that road. And at the same time, I was living inside Duolingo, learning. Brazilian Portuguese, loving the learning experience, kept coming back every day. And partly I did want to learn the language, but the bigger part is they knew the science behind human behavior. You know, they're an app. A kick-ass app. A kick-ass app, right? And what do they do? What do all the apps do? They play to our basic human behaviors. Dopamine hits for getting something that is rewarding. And fear of missing out. I just had this nagging need to keep my streak alive. And that little fucking owl chirping in my ear constantly on, hey, you're going to lose your streak, Matt. You've been at it for 67 days. Don't miss 60. And I had to get 68. And I'm like, I love it, though. I loved it. And I was learning. The You know, the best part of it is my Portuguese got better. And I got conversational. And I was able to get really high speed with conversation as a result, not necessarily coming back to the thing every day thinking, oh, I want to learn more Portuguese, but I want to keep a streak. I want a reward. I want whatever. So those two things collided where I needed a solution for my team. I loved the solution in this language app. And I looked in the market, I'm like, there's got to be something out there that marries these two together. And I really didn't see that in the market. The science behind how we behave and how we want to learn versus what we need to learn wasn't merged together. So I didn't want to invest in something I thought would be a failure. So I grabbed the best developer on my team and said, what are you doing every night and weekend for the next year? And he and I just got together. We started working nights, weekends, built an MVP, launched it internally at Rock. Team started to use it. Team loved it. And one of the aha moments for us was when they involuntarily started to share it with their network and say, hey, I hope you don't mind, but I told my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my cousin, my buddy of mine I used to work with at last company and had them get in. And we could see it because we had the, that we didn't know their names, um, started to take off there. So that 
developer I mentioned, he eventually became a co-founder, raised a small investment earlier this year, and uh, happily ever after to this point. You're anyway. off to the races. And my guess is that um, just hearing that story, you're dealing with one of the biggest populations on the corporate landscape that there is, and that's sales professionals. Um, a lot of word of mouth potential right there. Yeah, sales people, they, they like to talk a little bit. They like to promote <laughs> shameless self-promoters, me included, you know? Sure. I'll talk a blue streak on growth is, it's not a new term, but it's newish, right? And it's just the world we live in where people are using products on their own, bringing them into the office. That's how we bought Box and Zoom and, you know, name name every other plg company out there so um yeah we're in this moment where we kind of ass backwards fell into it by accident just solving the problem that we had but hey we'll take it well let, let's hit and stick on this for just a moment especially around uh, the archetype of the sdr mm -hmm. goodness knows that there's so much you know top down management do it this way. In fact, we were even talking kind of like offline about the various eras, if you will, <laughs> in yeah. sales development. Give us a clear picture, in your opinion, around <clears throat> why the SDR is kind of like at the daisy chain end of a lot of things gone wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the the a brief history of contemporary business culture, right? So I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm old enough to remember a couple iterations of it. Uh, yeah, you're an X-Man too. Um, so, you know, I'm old enough to remember what business was like in the late 80s, early 90s, when it was still very top-down, very manager-driven, very punch-in, punch-out, programmatic, we're going to structure everything, very rigid, and follow the rules or you're out. Yes. And that was clearly broken. Right. There was a lot wrong with that system. And I think the the real successful early stage SaaS businesses, the first wave of SaaS, the sales forces and, you know, later on HubSpot, where I worked for a few years, they really understood that that was broken and we need to do better. And what they did was said, you know, what, we're going to take off all of that structure, take off all the rules, set a really clear functional culture deck. We're going to set the standard on culture, set the goal of where we want to head. And what is that saying? You know, we're not going to teach you how to build ships. We're going to teach you to lust for the ocean and sailing. And you're right. going to figure out how to build the ship, right? And I certainly think that was a positive iteration. But I also believe, based on what I've seen, especially leading teams in the recent years, is we've over-indexed on lack of structure to the point where it it subverts the success of our people especially this generation that's coming out of college or recently came out of college in the last few years where they came from a very structured background mom and dad were very involved in their childhoods they got very involved in setting up school and activities and in university teachers were very involved and they became very hands on and wanted to be a proactive force in their lives and everything was structured. And then we cast them out into this business world where it's no, nothing structured. We hired you because we think you're great. 
we're going to figure it out together. Don't worry, Jen. Don't worry, Tommy. It's all going to work out for the best because you're a great person and we know it. You mean wearing a Hawaiian shirt doesn't make you the tech equivalent of Mark Benioff? Right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, we know you're coachable and hardworking and that's all you really need. That's not all they need. They need a roadmap for success. They need some structure, not the late 80s, early 90s structure. We don't want to take a step back into we're going to tell you everything and make you a robot. But certainly not, hey, we're just going to hire you and you're going to have to figure it out. And don't worry, we have confidence in you. There's a a happy medium. There's a Goldilocks zone there where the third bowl of porridge, I think, is right. And my hypothesis is that third bowl of porridge is hire for culture fit, certainly. Set that lust for sailing and get that out there. But you know what? Provide a roadmap for building the ship, too. That, you know, we've built a few ships already, and here's some things you probably want to know about shipbuilding before we just cast you out into the woods and say, hey, just think about eventually sailing with that salty hair in your hair. I love um, it. I'm, I'm totally buying this because um, I live through the same business kind of e- epics, if you will, or epochs, whatever they pronounce it. <laughs> and I, I couldn't agree more that like providing for enough freedom or a long enough rope to where employees can bind themselves very tightly is a really winning strategy in my opinion. So let's dive into the weeds a little bit and let's talk um, about how you do that from a training perspective to get your unique perspective as someone who's built, yep. you know, again, a kick-ass sales app um, that trains people, you know, in the same way that Duolingo trains languages. Yeah. What are some of the, what are some of the basics we should be thinking about teaching any sales team Non-negotiables. So the first thing that I see really missing that I want to underscore is, and a, a lot of the managers do this already, but there's no structure around it, is don't just leave it at technical knowledge alone. So when I say technical knowledge, especially for the BDR role, what are we talking about? Prospecting, emailing, LinkedIn, how to use all of the prospecting tools building rapport, how to open a conversation, how to cold call, how to do some light qualification, or maybe depending on your sales process, deep qualification, if that's on the the plate of the SDR. That's all technical knowledge. And that's obvious that we need to teach our teams and set them up for success. But there are two other critical areas where I hear them talked about, they're touched upon, but almost tangentially as an afterthought. And our teams really need these two areas to maximize success. One is professional skill building and the other is personal skill building. Professional skill building are things like time management, how to work with a coach, how to work in a team. We don't get taught that stuff at college. And we kind of learn it after so many years on our own, just again, figuring it out. But if we let that go and let that conversation just evolve on its own, we're waiting too long to get the return on that. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. People need those bricks set in front of them to give that roadmap so they get there and they get there faster. And then the third bucket of personal skill building, this is a big one. I hear from the best coaches I talk to, they do it all the time, but they just don't have structure around it. By that stuff, I mean emotional intelligence, growth mindset, 
communication skills, just how to communicate with confidence. That's not really a sales only technical skill. That's a human skill. Yeah. Emotional intelligence is a human skill. We're better people if we work on emotional intelligence. Again, we don't learn that stuff in school. There's no, hey, I majored in emotional intelligence uh, at university or I took EQ 101. We need to learn that on their own. It's being talked about a lot, but there's no structure and no formula behind it. There should be structure. There should be formula. That is on great sales leaders to instill in their people, especially SDRs where they're so malleable. They're coming out. They're thirsty for that knowledge. Overwhelmingly, we talked to a lot of our users at Triple Session. What's the stuff that excites you the most? What do you really want to hear? What do you really want to learn? Number one, overwhelmingly, psychology. I want to know how the human brain behaves. I want to know how my buyers are thinking. I want to know how I am. How how does my mind work? How can I get myself in optimal performance shape? We need to formulate, formulate that. We need to put a structure and a formula behind it so it's part of the program. It's part of the system. Boy, oh boy. As a guy who's held the uh, initials EQ his entire life, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> but, but jokes aside, I really think that those are important. I can see why people are so excited about it, especially young people that don't have a wealth of corporate experiences of knowing how to read a room, learning those kind of like what a lot of people would call soft skills, um, and even just having those examples. So how do you how do you kind of like, without giving away any secret sauce, but how do you put that into an app? How are you going about the, the heavy list, lifting of teaching soft skills? So there are a few things. And we aim to enable and empower the manager, not replace that. The manager is essential. Sure. And we want to be the prosthetic arm of the sales leader to make this part of the equation flow smoothly. So how do we do it in the app? First, all content is free. It's open, it's access, get in there. You can create an account now and start accessing that content, accessing that training. And we put the learning part on autopilot. Uh, learning is not everything. Learning is not action. Learning is not the full scope of practice, but it's the bedrock. If you don't upload the information in your brain, you can't expect to later download it. So the name triple session refers to the methodology inside the app which is a three-step learning formula for uploading that information. Step one, really hyper-specific micro-learning. All of it is delivered by video right now, although very soon we're going to be adding audio and text. Video micro-training. So that is a 8, 10, 12-minute video that goes super specific on one specific skill, either a technical skill, professional skill, or personal skill. Okay. The second pillar of that triple session is a quiz. You got to test. You got to make sure you uploaded the information. Comprehension is important. Can you pass the test to say, I didn't just watch the video and check the box that I watched it. I can tell you, I got the takeaways. I learned from it. Mm -hmm. I uploaded the essential information in my brain. Third piece, immediate feedback, measurement, and benchmarking. You know, you got right. You know what you got wrong. You got a score. And you put it on your personal profile. So one of the, the hypotheses that we have at Triple Session, one of our core beliefs is that 
the way we look at a CV, a resume today is out of date, antiquated. It's a throwaway. Yeah. People look at it and like they don't learn anything from it. Where in 2023, in the digital age, everything is measured, everything is trackable. And so many people are already doing the heavy lifting of this three step process that I've mentioned, but they're not documenting it. They're not carrying it with them. They're not taking it as part of a personal resume. So every triple session user has a personal profile where every one of these sessions, it's documented. You get it, you add it to your total resume. You got another session on the board. That's it's very Duolingo-ish. Rip this right out of the Duolingo playbook. Dopamine, great. You should feel good. You invested in your skill building. You add another session to your profile. You added the score. You added the micro skills. So we break all of these micro skills down into individual categories. Put that on your resume. And when you talk to somebody about a promotion or moving to a new role or getting into an SDR role or going from SDR to AE, a big part of that conversation should not just be all the different micro skills that you've trained on. It should be what it says about you for soft skills as well. Yeah. What does it say about me that I've trained 279 out of the last 300 days that my average score is 97. I'm an active listener. I take notes. I pick up concepts quickly. The fact that I've trained so much, I'm coachable. I'm curious. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more. I'm gritty. I'm disciplined. I'm organized. All of that stuff that we hire for as sales leaders, today, most people are just playing Columbo, trying to ask one last question to <laughs> figure out, you know, that's a Gen X reference that totally is. And Eric got I got it. Probably half of your listeners don't. But you know, we get somebody in, we look at the resume, we play detective, ask all these questions, say, okay, based on the stories this person told me, I can figure out who they are as a person. And I think that's fundamentally broken. We need yeah. data. You should be able to show up saying, no, don't just take my word for it. Look at the behavior that I've shown and I can prove to you based on what I've done. Yeah, I love that. By the way, um, one of the things you didn't mention this, other than the fact that you spent years at, at, at HubSpot, but a lot of that methodology sounds very much like HubSpot certifications in the way that they used to, or maybe still do run their programs, um, in a similar fashion. I love the training and I, I have tons of friends at HubSpot, love HubSpot, great organization. HubSpot is using triple session right now, all over the place. Ton, tons of HubSpotters are in here. Um, but there's one thing that I might make some waves here with HubSpot and everybody else out there, but it's part of being principled. Triple session is the anti-certification. Oh, platform. interesting. And what do I mean by that? Certification says you're done. Mm. You've learned it. You've got it. Rest easy. Take your foot off the gas. You've got that done. Move on to something else. And in my, as you'd mentioned, two and a half decades of working in sales and leading sales teams, what I've recognized and, and realized prior to even building triple session is that the problem is not knowledge acquisition. The problem is knowledge retention. Mm. When you think about professional skills, technical skills, personal skills, and all of the hundreds of different micro skills under those broad categories, 
there is so much that we need to learn and know and keep fresh. It's impossible. And now all of the stuff that's moving so quickly, Moore's law is accelerating. We got all these different things that we need to learn all the time. We just forget shit. Yeah. You know, our brains aren't built to hold on to large sums of information and keep it front of mind constantly. We got to come back to stuff. We got to retrain. We got to relearn. We got to revisit stuff that we've seen. Yeah, before six months ago, nine months ago. That's another Duolingo thing that I, I loved in the app and I didn't see anywhere else. In Duolingo, if you studied the fruit in Portuguese six months ago and you aced it, good for you. You aced it six months ago. They will degrade that score when you come back saying, mm -hmm. we don't believe that you still know Apple is masa. You got to come back and re-up on it because your brain is going to just work through that and you're not going to keep it fresh. So just come back and re-up on it, refresh it. So what did we build in triple session? A little tap on the shoulder. Hey, remember that objection handling process on cold call objections? It's great that you aced it six months ago. Come back. You don't necessarily have to retake the full session. Retake the quiz. Make sure it's still fresh. Make sure that information is there. And then collaborate with your manager in coaching to identify which of these areas that you should work on next and brush your teeth. Yeah. And what I mean by that is in sales, we do a lot of dentistry. <laughs> There's a lot of big trainings, intensive coaching. Ah, uh, you know what? We're going to change our process and add this piece in. This is going to be a game. We're going to buy this new technology and instilling this is going to change the game, change the world. And some of that's va valid. Some of that's warranted. A lot of those iterations are needed. I don't, I'm not saying don't go to the dentist. Yeah. We don't talk enough about brushing and flossing. These little tiny daily habits, which on their own are meaningless. Brush your teeth one day or miss one day. It doesn't really matter on your overall dental health. Miss brushing your teeth for five years. That makes a big impact. Brush your teeth twice a day, every day for five years your gums and teeth are going to be healthier. We don't do that. What we need to do is put in this daily habit of these small little behavioral changes, 10, 15 minutes a day, get in, brush your teeth, freshen up on something, hold call objections, time management, emotional intelligence, whatever it might be, refresh on it. Make sure it's fresh. I really like that. Um, and the comparison to dentistry, because I, I oftentimes think about, you know, seminal books um, on work. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm thinking about Daniel Pink's, you know, kind of autonomy, mastery, and purpose mm -hmm. of why people work. And really what you're talking about, especially with that daily habit, that coming back is developing mastery that ultimately becomes its own motivation going forward for people that are in pursuit of mastery. Like you'll never achieve it. And I love that right. point about certifications, right? Like Oh, you're done, right? No, you're not, you know, and you never will be even when you get to older folks age um, in the work world. Yeah. And I go so far as to say it checks all three boxes. Autonomy, you're doing this on your own. Yeah. And everyone that we have in the, the app today, or not everybody, some managers have come in and put it in their teams, but 90% of our users today have come in voluntarily on their own and raised their hand and said, I am going to learn and skill build on my own. I don't need to be told this. And I yeah. want to, because of the experience. 
there's autonomy. Mastery will come from that. And as far as purpose, what's the purpose that Triple Session can provide? And I, I won't even make it branded here. What's the purpose that daily learning can provide? You can put a win on the board every day. Yeah. You can say, no matter what happened, I took some time and I got better at something today. I learned something new. I refreshed on something that I once knew, but got a little rusty at. I moved the needle and I made it my first win of the day. So I got up, I made my bed and I took a training session and got something fresh in my brain. I have purpose in today already. And then I can get out and execute the rest of the job. Boy, and is there any other profession in the world that is more, that benefits more from personal development than sales? I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of one. Boxing. <laughs> Fair enough. And as someone who, uh, who fought the fighter. Um, yeah. You yeah, would know well. Yeah. Tell the story. Yeah. So I, I was born in a city in Eastern Massachusetts called Lowell, Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, which today most people, if they know it, they know it as uh, the scene from the movie, The Fighter, about uh, Mark Wahlberg played a fighter called Mickey Ward, uh, Irish Mickey Ward's from Lowell. I fought out of the same gym with the same coach at the same time as Irish Mick. And I was an amateur. He was a professional. He has about 10 years on me. I did get to spar him. And guys like that don't slow down. They know one speed, even when they try to lighten up. And man, he hit me with some body shots that I still feel. Um, uh. But with boxing, and a lot of this, I think, comes through. And, and it was not by design, necessarily. I think it's just part of what they ingrain in you in that sport, is that you're never done. You always have to keep coming back. And the way you get really, really good is with focusing on your whole self, not just what you do in the gym. How are you sleeping? How are you eating? Um, are you smoking? Are you drinking? I mean, you got to cut that shit out. Like it's, it takes into account every aspect of your life. There's a mental game that's actually bigger than the physical game. And everything is about getting 1% better all the time. Yes, there is a talent ceiling that you're going to have. I certainly hit mine. Um, but there's also this mental game where if you work on the details, you keep coming back, you keep spaced repetitive learning, which is what we talk about a lot in triple session, but spaced repetitive learning, which is the science. When we talk about the sweet science of boxing, that's what it is. It's spaced repetitive learning. Get in there, do it. And then do it again and do it again and do it again and get direct feedback from your coach. And they're going to tell you where you're making mistakes and what you're doing well and keep coming back and get a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit smoother. And it takes years and you're never done. And right. the minute you think you're done, you start to get worse. Or you get put on your ass. Or you get put on your ass. And <laughs> you know, with the profession, you know, what profession benefits more? the consequences of not doing that in boxing are far, far, far higher than they are in sales. I mean, we got it pretty good. I mean, yeah. if you're working in tech sales today, when you think about where you fit in globally and the kind of jobs and the different environments you could be in, the, the worst day in your job is still better than the best day of 90% of the humans walking the planet. 
Well, that's a, that's a really good and optimistic thought, isn't it? Even when we're in the heat of the moment, feeling rejection or despair over the last, you know, person that told us to go take a long walk off a short pier. Um, yeah. I mean, not to go off on a tangent here, hopefully uh, we have time for it, but you know, my grandmother was born in 1914 in Sicily. Her first memories were her father coming back from World War I. He got gassed by the Austrians and died from chemical gas in 1918. She then remembers the Spanish flu, everybody dying all around her. Immigrates to the U.S. at 13, remembers they shaved her head because when you ride two weeks in a boat across the Atlantic, they can't have you transmit lice or disease. So she's 13. She shit, you know, riding across. Moves to a country she doesn't know. Works in a sweatshop in Chinatown in Boston. Doesn't speak the language of English, and let alone she's working with people that are speaking Mandarin all around her. Mm. Completely lost. And then there's the Depression. Lives through the Great Depression. And then her family and relatives and the men go off to World War II. And everyone's fighting there and dying. And there's Nazis and fascists. And her new country is fighting against her old country. And there's a complication there. Um, you know, and then she's in Boston. So 63, her president is assassinated. Like, these are, to complain, that when I always think of any hard day, imagine me sitting down with my grandmother, who lived all the way to 103. I got to know her my whole adult life. Imagine me sitting down with her and saying, oh, I had a really tough day. Customer didn't sign the contract. See, what? What? Let's talk about, you know, pandemics when they killed 50 million people and, you know, Mussolini and Hitler and, you know, the Great Depression when 25% of the population was, you know, starving and in the streets. And I was like, these are problems we don't have. Yeah. You know, we got to keep context here. I get it. There are real problems out there, but let's let's maintain balance. Well, that's a great perspective check. Without a doubt. Yeah. And we should all have them. I mean, yeah. they're not they're not hard to find if you just look around and poke your head up every once in a while, get out of your your space and look. Well, at that's the world. probably one of the reasons they called that generation the greatest generation is because they dealt with so much. And uh, and usually, yeah. you know. I had grandparents that were similar, didn't come from Italy, but like the same kind of like moving on, moving forward, don't wallow, don't pity, mm -hmm. just get on with it. Yeah. So we have tracks and sessions and, and whole areas focused on stoicism inside Triple Session. Oh. For that reason, you know, I know it's become quite popular lately. Tons of books out there talking about it. Um but it makes sense. And there's the reason why we're still talking about this philosophy, you know, more than 2000 years after it was founded, you know, understand what you can control, understand that the world is an imperfect place. You're imperfect value each day. You could be dead tomorrow. Like all of the Amor Fati uh, memento more like if you don't know stoicism and you're listening to this study, it doesn't have to be in triple session, get out there, buy a Ryan holiday book. You know, do something that you learn this philosophy. It will help you. It will make you a better human and you'll appreciate life more. It'll give you balance. It, it sounds like that was a very deliberate, dare I even say intentional inclusion on your part. Would I be right about that? Yeah. And this was part of the internal MVP of Triple Session before we thought it was going to be a business. I was talking about this with my sales team at Rock. 
Like this is why, because it came up in coaching. It's like, I'm just stressed. I don't know how to balance all this stuff. I'm freaked out. You know, every month I'm back to zero and I'm paranoid. Like, yeah, you are. That's the life you've chosen. Yeah. Um, and that's the profession, but there's a lot of reward to it. And there's a lot of good, but to maintain perspective, to maintain control, to feel better here, study some of this stuff here, check this out. And I would just send some content over there that I had found online. I was like, here you go. And then we just pulled it into the app. So here you go. Now you can test on it, keep it fresh, grade it, put it on your profile. So when you're talking about who you are and what you know, put stoicism on the resume. Well, and that, that's great too, that you're giving people the tools because one of the powers of stoicism is essentially granting permission to treat any thought as if it's just that, like, how do I want to react to this? How, how should I behave um, in the face of this, you know, particular situation? Um, and, and answering that question for every human can, can be different. Uh, absolutely. And again, when we think about technical, professional, personal skills, you know, when you're building a tool for salespeople, if you don't include that, you're doing them a disservice mm. and you're doing yourself a disservice as their leader. You're doing your company a disservice. Like you have to, we talk about this a lot on the team. You can't service salespeople. You have to be of service to people in sales. You have to put the person first and look at the entire person in that experience not just the instrument of your sales team. And if you look at it that way, from their perspective, it changes the way that you train and coach. And you start to really be much more holistic about how you approach self-improvement, team improvement. And you have to address those personal skills. You have to talk about stoicism if you want to make the best salesperson. Is it a sales skill? No, not directly. Does it impact sales? Absolutely. You know, at the risk of being just a nodding head, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And yet, in or just observationally, I find that a lot of people either aren't taking into account, they're just not taking stock. I see a lot of organizations not run that way whatsoever. No, uh, they don't. Well, there's a reason why we exist, right? Uh, if people were already doing this, we wouldn't have needed to build the thing to begin with to solve my, I would have found what I needed out there when I was looking for right. it. And I would have been happy. I didn't, again, chart out. I, I really don't care about being a founder, CEO, titles are meaningless. Um, but I want to solve problems. Yeah. And this was a big problem. It was a big gap and it was not being addressed. And it's somewhat new in the sense where, Content's easy to create these days. It wasn't always that way. Uh, reaching individual users, salespeople in this case, a lot easier to do now, 10, 15 years ago, not the case. Right. So there's a lot of this that's just kind of in the moment where you've kind of caught this time where you can actually address this problem where it exists in the life of the SDR, the AE, whoever is trying to solve the challenge. I'd say that the time is also seemingly right. You'd know better than I around the form factor and the acceptance. You know, I was reading the other day that I think it's a calm app has like a, like a few billion dollar evaluation. And I'm like, yeah, kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're talking about meditation and keeping people on course and they have those. Yeah, I love calm. Yeah. Um, 
but why they are going right to where the person is with the need, with the, uh, with the value that they want from that. And there's no middleman. They don't need right. a middleman. And it's a great user experience. Uh, the most recent hire we just made was a great head of UX design. And she's coming in as like getting from users. Hey, how can we improve? How can we make this experience more delightful for you? And yeah. we're talking to SDRs, not managers. We're talking to managers too, because we want to help them, but overwhelmingly SDRs. How do we make this so wonderful for you that you just want to come back every day and keep skill building and keep learning and keep the momentum going for that self-development? Well, and again, getting to there, if there's one thing salespeople know, it's numbers on a board. Um, <laughs> if you don't, then you, you're very likely to miss, uh, miss quota and, and yeah. ultimately a, a whole host of uh, vicious cycle things. But I love the stats you were throwing out earlier, right? Like, you know, Hey, of the last 300 days, 279 of them, I'm hitting this and hitting it hard. My average score is X. And, you know, I don't know for, for dated guys, I, I grew up collecting baseball cards and always knowing kind of like all the stats and all the yeah. numbers was actually the way I, I think I learned math to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I love the idea of like putting personal stats onto a given kind of like record onto a bio onto the, the CV of tomorrow, if you will. Yeah. So how do we keep salespeople engaged and wanting to come back? Just like, again, how did Duolingo keep me engaged wanting to come back? It's not always about learning Portuguese. And with salespeople, it's not always about getting better at sales. Sometimes it's about keeping your streak alive. Sometimes it's about competing and edging out the next guy on the leaderboards. We have leaderboards built all over the place. Um, We customize leaderboards for teams. I don't want to be second on the leaderboard. I'm competitive. That's why I love sales. So you're not going to outperform me. If that's what motivates you, great. We'll, we'll get you there. As long as it delivers what we want to deliver, which is self-improvement over time. And if boy, we boy, do, that you know, is also consistent with just this generation, is it not? Like, especially younger folks where it's all about gamification. It's all about level ups. It's all about like a lifetime spent, you know, having video games as second nature, always around. Yeah. You can't just build a software and deliver a software to people and say, Hey, it's software. It's in the cloud. Go. It has to be an experience. It's a digital experience. And this is no fault to the legacy LMS tools that are out there. They built in the era that they were developed in. Most of them came around 10, 12 years ago where it was a lot more expensive to build a SaaS business. You built for the manager, not the user, because that's who signed the bill. The economic buyer. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, what was the process? Hey, we're going to build, we're going to spend a couple million bucks. We're going to build a software. We're going to come up with this process where we qualify you and demo you. And because we invested all this, we need you to buy a 12 month or 24 month license for 50 grand. Yeah. And now what's the era that we live in? Really cheap to build software. Very fast. You can move faster than especially with AI, move yeah, crazy yeah. fast to build and iterate. You can go direct to the user. You can get adoption first before you ask for a penny. And you can deliver an amazing experience first. Yeah. I mean, one of the businesses I admire the most is Zoom, where I mean they had the we're on a Zoom right now. Yep. 10 years ago, what was there? Go to meeting, go to webinar, 
all of these legacy, big, rich companies that had these heavy, heavy SaaS products and the user experience was horrible. Yes. And everybody fumbled around figuring out codes. How do I download? How to get in? And what did Zoom do? Oh, we're just going to make the user experience better, way better. And we're going to give it for free to the user. And once yeah. we do that, the rest of it, will figure it out. The business will figure it itself out. But if we can get people to use us versus them, there you go. And they changed the game. And, you know, rest in peace, go to meeting. But, you know, so, so be it. That's a good aspirational model. Uh, you know, Matt, I feel like we could talk about this all day. And this has been a real ride. It's been so much fun. And I'd be willing to bet that most of our listeners um, are thinking to themselves, where do I go? Like, <laughs> I, hit me with the... <laughs> Hit me with the triple shot. Give me on triple session. What do I do? Yeah. So a couple of things there. So one, obviously, triple session.com. Uh, and go to our site. Uh, the And that's all spelled out, right? All Yep. All one, one lowercase triple session, just as it sounds, triple one session spelled as is.com. Uh, you can create an account for free. Start working on it today. If you're a manager and you want to create a special leaderboard for your team, you could do that in the app as well. All of it's open, all of it's free for everyone to use. Uh, get in, start working out today. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. So Matt Doyon, M-A-T-T-D-O-Y-O-N. I think I'm the only one out there on LinkedIn. Uh, so get out there and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very responsive on LinkedIn. So I'm not inbox zero, but I am LinkedIn zero. So if you get me there, I will get back to you. Um, and then we started working with a couple great nonprofits that I'd love to make sure yeah, that shine some light on. So part of our core mission is to make self-improvement through organized practice standard for everyone. And again, we're focusing right now on sales, and that's you know what we built the app for. And there are a few nonprofits that work directly with under-resourced communities, helping them get into professional careers. One of them is called build.org. So they work specifically with lower, uh, un, under-resourced neighborhoods going into the high schools and helping the students learn entrepreneurship and helping them get ready for professional careers where otherwise they might not have the influence to do that. We're working to get triple session into the hands of all those students so they can have that as a conduit and a connection from where they are to interviewing for some of those entry-level SDR, BDR roles and building their resume on their own, just from their own sweat equity. The other nonprofit is fourblock.org, just as it sounds, four and block, B-L-O-C-K. They work with veterans, so especially hmm. enlisted veterans. So if you enlisted in the military, uh, you likely do not have a college degree. Yeah. You came from, you know, look at where most of your recruiting uh, offices are. They're not in Beverly Hills. They're not in Beverly Mass. You know, they're in some of the lower income communities typically. And when you get out of the military, you don't typically have tons of options waiting for you. Four Block is working to bridge that gap, helping veterans who are offboarding from the military, mm. onboarding into the corporate world, helping them get ready for interviewing and getting ready for that next career move. We're getting triple session into the hands of all of the veterans coming through four block and helping them prepare. And again, for free, start building some of that credibility and that training to get into sales careers. So support those organizations that are doing great work. 
They're all 501c3s. Um, they are in it to make a real difference in the lives of the people they're touching. They're doing great work. So we're proud to be working with them and supporting them on as much light on the work that they're doing. It's great. That's amazing. I really, I, I love that. The, the mission-driven Oregon, build.org and fourblock.org sound wonderful. Um, once again, Matt, thank you again for your time. This has been a real uh, pleasure for me. Likewise. It's been great. It's been a wild <laughs> ride. We laughed. We cried. It's been a roller coaster. It's great. We walked all the way back through 1914, <laughs> yeah, all the way up to the present moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, technically, we, we hit the Stoics. So, you know, it all yeah. started. Yeah, right. We went all the way back to the ancient Greece. <laughs> love it. I love it. What a great interview. Thanks again. This is great, Luke.